What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middlecoff! Hey, me! March Madness! Hey, me! I shouldn't have done that. I got to conserve, John. I got to conserve. I, I mean, Guy Haberman, breaking news, calling March Madness in Salt Lake City. No big deal. Six games. Get your Oculus. Get your Intel VR out on VR. You know, that, that means they liked you because last time you called uh, something, fucking Tiger Woods won. So, not bad. I wouldn't you mind know, can, a couple Tiger Woods like buzzer beaters. Just history, no, can, historic. Yeah, can you just get your VR out? Uh, and we'll find Haberman and we'll watch or on your phone. A little more difficult that way. But I did it last year for the golf. I'll give you a, a radio call. You can just put it down and, you know, just listen. What was the course called? The Tiger one? Colonial? East Lake. East Lake. No. That was sweet. It was sweet. This doesn't suck either. March Madness is pretty sweet. Yeah, we got uh, I got get Syracuse, Kansas, Gonzaga, Bill what Horrenda, are the ga- Bill Horrenda's what, brother. What are the games tomorrow that you got? Um, Syracuse Baylor, eight nine. That's a good one. Gonzaga uh, Gonzaga Fairley Dickinson. Okay. You, you, nothing on that one. Okay. I mean, um, it's Fairley Dickinson should get rolled. <laughs> Uh, they they had they didn't have a bench point the other day in the first four game. Did you watch any of that game? Yeah, I'm not counting the first four to me are like the ASU. Uh, who are they playing? St. John's yeah, Chris and the Temple Hurley. Belmont. Yeah. I I don't this two sixteen teams playing in. I'm not sure I count that. Um, K- Kansas Northeastern. What's Kansas two? No, there are four. God, down the air. And uh, first first time New I got Mex- a nugget for you. New Mexico. They didn't State. win the Big Twelve in 14, 14 years. There you go. I'm going to use that, John. Don't double check that though. No, it's accurate. It's true. No, because Texas Tech won the Big Twelve, right? Yeah, they finished third. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible streak. Fourteen straight years. Well, broke UCLA's thirteen year record. Like I, I, I was. Pre- I've been prepping Middlecoff. I have a buddy. That I worked with in Philly, now works in Kansas City. Easily the biggest Kansas fan I've ever known. 
he actually, his dad worked for the Chiefs back in the 90s, and he was just a diehard, he grew up a diehard Kansas guy. Loves Kansas. Now, ironically, he lives back in Kansas City, and I'm sure he goes to games. He, after, when I worked with him in the office, like 10 and 11, that self had some bad losses. Uh, and it was just the next day, it was like his mom died. That was before they won the Natty. But I, I was. Uh, oh, no, it was probably after. It was, it was after, but I think they just thought they were going to rattle off like three or four. And there was the one year that one white guy hit all the threes in the first round against them. It was like a 215. I forget the guy's name. Maybe it was the second round, knocked Kansas out. It was a huge upset. But I was texting with him during the season because I was watching the game, and that's when they were. It was kind of like a big Monday, probably a month ago. Whoever was calling it like Wachusen was like, yeah, they're in jeopardy of the streak being broken. And all the yeah. Kansas guys were like, I don't want to be part of the team that does that breaks the streak. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, has there ever been a greater transition of two guys? Like, Kansas got Bill Self, which, yeah, he's only won one, but he's in a fucking incredible run. Yeah. And North Carolina got Roy Williams. Like, the double transition was has it it's an all-time win-win. For a coach leaving and a coach replacement and the co- both schools. Yeah. How I many mean, how many championships has Roy won in North Carolina? Three? Uh definitely two. At least two. I, I would I, say I think he's won three, because he won one back in the day with like those May and McCants, and then he won two in the last like five years. The the transition that I think gets forgotten is Harbaugh Tom Sula? No. I mean Billy Gillespie kind of screws it up, but Patino to Tubby but then there's two Billy Gillespieers and then Calipari. You're saying if you just would have gone Patino to Calipari. Yeah, but and, but, and, but and I'm also Patino saying goes, well, yeah, the pro, you're right. Gillespie's I'm also saying that Tubby won a national championship. Like Tubby Smith, like that they went, that was not a you know I mean it wasn't good enough for Kentucky, but it's not like they didn't accomplish anything either. No, they did. He, he's Tubby's like uh, Tubby's like a Lovey Smith, like he's solid. But you're always kind of looking to upgrade if you're a higher level program. You know, you feel good about it, but it's just like not quite enough, especially in college basketball. But you're right; he did win a match. Is, is, is Mike D'Antoni in that category? I mean, he used to be. Nah, but it doesn't feel like I, he is now. He's like treated just big time. I think Mike D'Antoni is just a better coach just, than Tubby. That's Smith. what I'm saying. But remember when people used to talk about him? Like he he didn't even want to play Jeremy Lin. Like he didn't I think even he, know he was in a yeah, game. I th- I think D'Antoni's been validated in his rocket run. Like he's I think so really too. good. Yeah, he's great. But there was a time where people were like, uh. "What was Gillespie's deal? Like an alcoholic or something?" I think something like that. Yeah, he had some sweet teams at A and M before he got the. I remember Phil Savage always said this, and I think it works for definitely in the SEC in football, and then certain basketball schools. Like I, he's like, if unless you live in here and and are around the environment and the fervor. It's impossible for me to describe to you, like once something takes off, and he he was, because he was boys with McElwain. Like once that picture got out, it net you never come back from it, and in that kind of the bubble that is. But even though it's not like it's a bubble of millions of people that are talking about it, it's their life. And Kentucky basketball and North Carolina and Duke basketball and all the SEC football schools. Uh, I think you could throw Louisville in there too. It's just, it's like the way we're about to talk about the Niners and the Raiders. Like that's just the intensity. It's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, because the one dude, Kentucky sports radio guy, built a whole fucking business. I mean, he basically wiped out radio just because all he, he just is he running for governor? Kentucky. Yeah, he crushes it. 
No, but I isn't mean, he actually running for governor? Matt Jones? Yeah, Matt, I follow him. I mean, he talks about politics all the time. Yeah, maybe. I think he's, like, legitimately running for governor. But you... you, you on, on, on the platform of, like, you know... Calipari? Yeah, Cousins should be a Hall of Famer. I but don't you know. could not, like... Washington football sports radio, right? Or hell, USC sports radio football. Like it just wouldn't work out in the West. Yeah, it's crazy how powerful that shit is. Like you could Alabama sports radio. I mean, it's mean basically Feinbaum? off, off Feinbaum. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's yeah, it's a crazy world. Uh, New Mexico State Auburn to finish the uh, schedule for tomorrow was the other. I forgot about Auburn. How how do you what do you do? Take uh, lozenges for your voice. Yeah, I've never done four games. I've got some spray. I've got like some numbing spray. I might have to use that. I don't know. Can you call a game? Try not to yell during this podcast. With a lozenge in your mouth? Uh, no, no, I take it. I, I gets in my way. Do do people do it? Have you I ever don't know. heard? Gets in my way too. Is just someone that's talked that has attempted it. Yeah, I just you don't. Know, I guess you swallow it. You probably be okay. It's slippery, but um, this podcast. And, Hopefully, uh, don't get diarrhea or something. No kidding. <laughs> Rumor has it that maybe that's happened to Haberman before. Oh, I got hit in Salt Lake City. <laughs> I got hit with a bad stomach bug in the second half of a game. We talked about it. There's no rumor. We talked about it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Openly. I had to bolt during the under 12 timeout. You made it? I missed like 60 seconds of the broadcast. Coming no, I back. meant you made the toilet. Oh, yeah, I made it. But it was locked when I first got there. It was a terrifying experience. Yeah, I remember because somebody had like a dunk and, and I couldn't give it like as much as I wanted to because I was afraid of the push was going to create yeah. an issue. Well, you you approach a locked bathroom when it's got to go like you are living it. Like I need that more than you in there. Kind of like if you're late to a plane flight and you don't have the uh, whatever that thing's called where you just fire through. Yeah. I need to get into my flight more than you. I can't really explain it, but it's just a fact. No question. Because I know you're in there on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I know. Hey, Pablo, let's, let's pick up the bass here, buddy. <laughs> uh, this podcast and John Middlecoff's Tuesday Night brought to you by Ease. E-A-Z-E. Uh, go get it. Promo code HAM, the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you. In California, anyone 21 or over can get verified online in minutes. Tell your friends. Yeah, I had an incredible night with the Ease Pen myself and just i watch pti for the first time like 8 30 to 9 start to finish and i'm having like a debate with myself watching laughing interacting with tony and mike on tv it was incredible all brought to you by ease.com my vape pen sour diesel but they also have pre-rolls they have topicals they have edibles first time users get 20 dollars off you also over 50 dollars you get a free purchase the thing that had me rolling uh, I was going to text this to you. Maybe I did. I, I kind of forgot. I, you know what's funny is I got a, multiple text messages from you that I was like, I think middle cost high right now. <laughs> well, did, uh, did, the, did you see the thing that they're trying to get away in baseball from sign stealing where the pitcher and catcher are going to have like an Apple watch? I did hear. I haven't. I heard about it. But. And those guys did like, you know, like a two minute segment. And I was just dying because it's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of that. I mean, it's just insane. Very stupid. And it also speaks to baseball, just kind of desperate because, again, when you're high, you're like, well, I could see where you're Manfred. You turn on a game in the fall and you see, well, Belichick's using these tablets. We need to integrate these. Again, as as Haberman always says, the sport is the sport. Like, you're kind of limited on shit like this. It's not going to happen. You know what fans don't care about? Sign stealing. Nobody cares. You guys figure it out. Like, I don't care. 
Yeah, it's just part of the Change deal. Change your signs. But again, Ease.com had me just rolling on the couch, debating with myself. I mean, the most fun night I've had in a long, long time. It was it was great. E-A-Z-E.com. E-A-Z-E. 20 bucks off your first delivery. And as John said, delivery always free on orders over $50. Podcast also brought to you at the perfect time by mybookie.ag. March Madness is here. Tuesday already, there was a crazy game. And tonight, I think uh, ASU... I want to say John Open is a one-and-a-half-point favorite now, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against St. John's. What's the Johnny's deal? I mean, are, are they Very good or are they not good? No. Uh, but is ASU that good? But they I got Greg really St. Jean on the staff, Gary's son. So, uh, you know, I like them, but I also like ASU. I'm torn tonight. I, that, that's my favorite part about all these teams. They're like on the broadcast last night, they're like, Steve Lapis's son is on uh, on horrendous Bill Horrendous brother's staff. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, oh, that's cool. But, yeah. I like Yale. Got an NBA guy. Wofford. They got this dude that can just drain threes. Minnesota. Patino versus Louisville. Not Rick, but his son. Richard? Uh, I don't even know. What is his son's name? Paul? No, you got it. Richard. Richard Patino. Uh, I guess that's Rick's name, too. He just uh, go short. But I can't wait, guy, for really to watch Haberman call fucking NCAA tournament games. No big deal. I might put a little money on every Haberman game just to make sure that I watch. Tell me if you do. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, your initial deposit, you get a 50% bonus. Again, you can bet on individual games. You can bet regionally. Uh, I I got a lot yesterday on my Periscope show. A lot of people said they were going to take Nevada to win the region. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know about that. But I do like Nevada maybe to win a couple games. Uh, Also, I I, I think what I've kind of settled on is I'm going to pick three futures. I might put 200 bucks each. One on Tennessee, one on Kentucky, and one on Gonzaga. So is this was this our betting segment, or was this the MyBookie ad? Oh, I mean, we can transition right okay. into the tournament. Uh, so MyBookie.ag, again, the promo code HAM and the number one. Just HAM and the number one. All right, let's get into it, using all that as the uh, as I the, went down. As I went down a YouTube rabbit hole last night Yeah. on J- Ja Morant. Is that how you say his name? Ja, yep. And is it Marcus Howard? Correct. Uh, and my takeaway, again, from four-minute YouTube highlights with Post Malone and some other dude rapping in the back, as I was texting with our, our old buddy, Derek Papa, the Papa family is just kind of at a loss that uh, Draft Breakdown doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, yeah, just go to YouTube and type in a player you want to watch and just watch his highlight tape. And then Derek Papa responded. He's like, well, I don't want Post Malone in the background of my highlight tape. And I'm like, I actually don't mind it. And so I watched John Morant, incredible athlete. I mean, he looks awesome, but I don't even I don't even know what conference Murray State plays in. Not the greatest of competition. Right. Then I watched the Marquette kid. Yeah, I I, I saw a little Dame Lillard. Though actually, the release kind of similar. This dude guy drops like multiple fifty point games and can stroke it from three. I think two years ago he shot like fifty percent from three. This guy's. Yes. I, I, I don't know if I can take Murray State anymore. No, I like Marquette in this game, John, as a 5-12. Marquette's the 5. Um, Marcus, Isn't that usually the sweet spot of the upset? Well, but see, I don't know. Like, that's what everybody says. I don't know if the numbers recently back that up. I feel like fives have been winning this game. Don't you? I, yeah, I, I do too. That that used to be the conventional wisdom when you say to like 05 to do that like a 10-year stretch. You gotta, there's always a couple 5-12s. So, you know, John Morant, not quite the outside shooter that Marcus Howard is. He's a better distributor, 
well, I don't want, like, your teammates in this game, I don't know how much they can help you against a better team, right? That was a nugget Wilbon dropped on PTI, I did remember. What do you Ten say? assists, guy. What? Which in college, ba- he averaged 10 assists this year. He's like, in college basketball, that's hollow ground. Like, people don't average 10 assists. The game's not that long. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, yeah. he's not- I mean, averaging both these guys are 25-point scorers. No, people don't do that. If you're drafting in the top eight, you have to you have to send someone to this game, right? Yeah, if you're drafted in the top eight, you've already seen both these guys. But, yeah, but I'm just would... saying that you have to have someone in attendance to watch these two guys on the court at the same time. Yeah, and they're in the same Florida State's in that bracket, so you know they got dudes you're going to want to watch. But absolutely, yeah, no, there's because to yes, me you can you answer. plan on hitting like the Duke guys in the Sweet Sixteen. Like I got one of these guys going to get knocked out. I, I just got to be like Kentucky, UCLA a couple years ago. You had to be in attendance to watch these guys play each other. Yeah. Turns out Fox is better. It turns out Fox is better, even though they blew a 25-point fourth quarter lead last night. Yeah, it happens. Turns I mean, out D'Angelo Russell ain't that. What do you have? Do they have 20? What do you have? 27 in the fourth? Yeah, he went. Uh, he, as we'd say on this show, ham. He went ham. He did go ham, John. He <laughs> did go ham. Um, okay, so you like... Uh, what was the other one you well, said? I, you I, I oh, you like, like Yale. Murray, you like I, Yale. Well, I like Murray State in theory, and then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, and I don't know if that's a smart bet. I like Yale just because I was kind of reading, again, haven't watched any Yale basketball. They got some NBA player, like a top 20 guy, I guess. So they're pretty good, plus 260. Yale, Harvard... The winner of the Ivy usually usually is a good team. You know, it's not just like oh another Ivy. Like they they usually give that first round fits because they can shoot, they're smart, pass, 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 shoot, right? <laughs> Move the ball, good transition defense. Actually, Baylor's best player is a Yale grad transfer. How about I mean, if they had this guy, they'd be even better. Jesus. Um, yeah. So you know, a lot of people like. Uh, a lot of people like Iowa State um, to win two games. I don't know. The thing with Iowa State that's weird, they're a five. They play Ohio State 11. Ohio State's not very good, but then they would play Houston. I like If it, if it comes to this, I, I think Iowa State's going to be kind of a trendy pick. I like Houston. Um, that would be a potential second-round upset that people, I think, will go after. Some, um, sometimes, though, what I've noticed – it doesn't happen that often, but the lower seed or the worst seed, a lower higher, yeah, is favored sometimes in these games. Yeah, like is Wofford? Who's Wofford playing? Wofford plays. That's a sneaky. Those are two closely seated teams, and it's Seton Hall seven ten. Wofford's actually the better seated team. Oh, so Wofford's the seven. They've won twenty straight. Yeah, they're okay. the seven. Okay, because I was thinking that Wofford that'd be a classic. They're the fa- they're I mean they're almost three point favorite, which is a pretty big line a seven ten I'd say. Yeah, because wouldn't you say a seven ten is basically their two equals, typically. Mm-hmm. Like I, is a ten beating a seven? Like Nevada, Florida up? is a seven ten. Like, like you count 10. a ten? Like if Nevada beats Florida, is that really an upset? No. Well, you Nevada's know. the seven. Oh, they are. Yeah, Nevada's the better seed. But flip it. If Florida upsets them, I mean, yeah. You're, okay, okay, you're right. Because Nevada's a two-point favorite. Wofford's a two-point favorite. Okay. Minnesota's so a 10. Richard Pitino's a 10 seed. Louisville's a 7. But Louisville's a pretty big favorite. I mean, they're a five-point favorite. Which I'd say in the first round, beside the ones and the twos, which can get 20-pluses, 
I'd say anything five or over is a pretty big line. You're taking Minnesota in the points, or you're taking them to win? Uh, to me, if you're go- my, my philosophy is this. If you're going to take some of these games with the points, Minnesota-Louisville is, what did you say? What's the seeding? 10-7. Okay, so if you're going to bet on the 10 to win it, and you're going to take the five, you might as well just take the money line, right? Because yeah. if you think they're going to be five points, that means the game's going to be tight. There are upsets numerically. Uh, I have three games I want you to tell me the line on. I, to you, me, I, 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 the one thing that makes me nervous about Nevada is when they got their ass kicked in the semis to San Diego State. Yeah, I don't. Gottlieb had a good tweet. He's like, you can tell me all they got all these returning guys or whatever. They just don't pass the eye test right now. Something's just awful. I don't feel good about them. I don't either. I do not feel good about Nevada. I get why somebody would pick them to win a region just based on value, but I don't feel good about them. I just um, think they've kind of been a weird team. It's hard to maintain that when you're a mid-major. They've, you know, they were good. But you're early. acting like a ma- but you act like a major, right? Because you made a run and everyone's talking about you like you're a Final Four team the whole year. You don't get to who who, who would they get in the set if they beat Florida? Who what? game do they play uh michigan okay so if they were to get to the sweet 16 it'd be an incredible couple wins florida and michigan are pretty two big wins for that team and they'd have texas tech which is the best defensive team in the country ken palm um who uh, is ken palm, by the way and we talk about him a lot just one of the I've metrics just like just one of the main yeah. metrics um three can you look at three games for me yes okay game number one what is the latest on 12 seed oregon five seed wisconsin on friday This game I really struggle with. Um, so I got Oregon plus two. Okay, H- hottest team in the country, would you say? Yeah, I mean one of one of them. Yes, just they've won a bunch of games. They've flipped. They've got Dana, great coach, Ethan Happ. I, you know, a lot of people are telling me it's a bad matchup for them, but I'm kind Why, of incl- Wisconsin plays defense. Yeah, just because of Wisconsin's bigs, you got to try and guard this Hap guy one on one. But maybe Oregon can. Oregon plays defense too. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game, so I kind of like Oregon there. Over/under is um, pretty small, one sixteen. So it's like they're expecting two point two in the fifties. Yeah. What's the okay? The four seed Kansas State and the thirteen UC Irvine guy. UC Irvine, the Fighting Big West as a conference. Four and a half, plus four and a half. That's not a very big line for a yeah. small school. Okay, I was well, hoping what, it'd be bigger. What is Irvine? What do you mean? Like, what is their seed? 13. That's pretty crazy. A 13 seed, on, it, the line's only four and a half. Usually that's like eight, nine. They're good. I I was hoping it would be bigger so I could take them, but no, I don't feel you good know, You that. know Doc Rivers' kids on the team? Really? Yeah. He kind of looks like a ch- no, he's like a chubbier version. Not, ch- I mean, chubby basketball, just thicker. Uh, the other game I want to know, John, is of Austin or of Doc? Of Austin, uh, he's got more of a he's got more of a Doc build. But Doc, when he played, was skinnier. Villanova, St. Mary, six eleven. Uh, because this is one where I I've watched St. Mary's a lot this year, and four and a half. Four and a half? It's not that many. But Nova kind of had somewhat of a down year. You should, Could St. Mary's Saint, win this game? St. Mary's is getting St. Mary's four and is half. plus four and a half, yeah. Okay, I like that. You, do you like St. Mary's to win? I might take St. Mary's. Uh, I kind of do. 
plus 175? I think a lot of people are going to pick it, which is why I try to stay away from that one because um, I think people think St. Mary's is what St. Mary's usually is, and they're not. But Neither's Nova because they lost all the guys. Yeah. How about this parlay? Here, I got a little parlay for you. MyBookie.ag. Type in the promo code HAM1. Get that little bonus. Parlay Minnesota. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Minnesota. Call right now. And and St. Mary's. little two-team parlay. It pays right now, guy. Okay, I got a, I got a, lot, a lot going on here because I, I did a bunch of fake parlays yesterday. Just to check the numbers? Yeah, just to see. You know, I get very parlay right now. If you parlay St. Mary's and Minnesota to win outright, basically pay 7-1. to one. Okay. So what what do you think about $200 to win $1,400? <laughs> what do I think about it? <laughs> How do you like that? So I, I've been thinking about making four bets. 200 on Kentucky to win it all, 13-1. to one. 200 on Tennessee to win it all, 13-1. to one. 200 on Gonzaga to win it all, 6-1. to one. And then this parlay. I like it, John. You, built a you nice feel l- good about that? You, you feel good about that? I, I like the Tennessee value. You've built a nice little empire there. Um, I like the Gonzaga. I think Kentucky is just, that's going to be a fun one for you. Well, the, the thing is, I, I was thinking about taking North Carolina and Kentucky, yeah. but they play each they play other. each other, yeah. Who's Tennessee have to beat? Virginia. You see, I'm betting against, I shorted Virginia, and then I'm just, I'm just taking Gonzaga. I just think they're good. And I like, I like ASU today. I don't know what that line is now. I checked this morning, it was two and a half, but I like yeah, ASU. It's, it's two. I like ASU tonight to cover that. They're favored. So how about this guy? Yeah, I owe you a little money, but Venmo's maxed out. I'll just put the money I owe you on these bets, and then if you win, I'll give you fifty percent of whatever we make. But if we lose it, but if we lose it, so listen, this is this is a bet. So I owe you a four-figure amount. So you win, you get fifty percent added on to what I owe you. But if you lose it, I divide fifty percent from the total. So I still take a hit too. You're my bookie now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just can, throwing that. I'm I could just, just go to my option. bookie. I could just go to my bookie.ig and cut you out. You, you could. <laughs> Which is what I would do. Or you could roll the dice. <laughs> I do like being uh, tied to the hip with you on one thing, on, on a bet or two. To me, I'm just gonna. I, I, I want to bet the future, so gives you something. Yeah, it just gives you a little juice, and I, I really kind of came around. Duke's odds are just so terrible that you're better off just betting on them per game, right? Especially once you get the 16, the the Elite Eight, Final Four, just bet on them per game. Because they do get knocked out. What you have to bet for 2-1 to one is not – if they were 5-1, to one, you'd be like, okay. Right. But two, they are the heavy favorite to win this thing for double-wise, right? They are really good, and they're healthy, and they're just the sexy – they're like the patch Yankees of basketball, of college basketball, when they're really good like this. They should be favored, but they're also really public. Exactly. Because I, I would imagine if you sat down with Roy and Mark Few, they'd be like, yeah, we've matched, we feel pretty good if we have to play them. You know, it's like it's not like we look at them like the juggernaut. Right. Zach, we beat them. We saw them. Now they're better, but we'll put – Roy's – yeah, we're, we're fine. <laughs> do, you want to, uh, do you want to put anything on Mariners A's, give you something to wake up for, John, at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whatever time? 4 a.m. I mean, 4 a.m. would be in the seventh inning. I mean, I, I I was talking to somebody about this on Saturday. I can't. I love baseball, 
I've woke up at weird hours to watch weird things. You and I remember, remember wasn't it uh, Paul George's, was it his freshman or sophomore year, Midnight Madness, Fresno State? I think St. Mary's tipped off at like midnight and we watched he had, it. He, he had the, fa- I think of the tip off was 10 okay. and he had, and he had the famous dunk probably around 11. Huge dunk. Put we, him on the map. We were sitting on the couch watching that, but I don't, I was trying to figure out time zones. I'm like, is it impossible? Is it impossible to start a baseball game in America at any time other than 2 AM? Like, and also start it in Japan at a time where they can watch it. Is this not possible? Well, somebody did the math. It's possible. You could play it at a time when they can watch it and a time when we're awake. But not no, we don't we're not gonna do that. We'll let you catch little snippets of it. I don't for the life of me understand this. Guy I peaked at the box score. Me off. Oh guy, it fucking really pissed me off. I peaked at the box score like seven home runs. It was runs. a great game. <laughs> yeah. Uh you can't have, save. You can't have your opening game of the sport. And I get international branding and everything. Going to Japan is important. Just follow what the the NBA played a game this year, I think in Europe or Mexico or somewhere, somewhere far away, and the game was in the middle of the day. Because someone's like, well, the NBA did it this year. Yeah, the tip-off was like 11 o'clock West Coast time. Someone's like, well, the NFL, they go to London. Yeah, on Sunday, and the kickoff, it's two East Coast teams. If a West Coast team goes there, the kickoff is not that 6 a.m. kickoff. It's at a normal 10 a.m. slot. When they do the super early one, it's usually Jacksonville and like Miami, the kickoff is 9.30 Eastern time and 6.30 Eastern time, which is early for us on Sunday, but it's still Sunday. This is on Wednesday morning at 2 a.m. The oh, Your first game, this is fucking ludicrous. This is moronic. I, I would, I'd have no issue with this if it was the middle of the season or something, and I get the travel, the logistics. But, guy, t- to have your opening game... With two West Coast teams, too. Two West Coast teams to have a 2 a.m. first pitch is is laughable. Well, like I to mean, me, you could even you could play the game if you if you first pitched it at noon in Japan, that'd be 8 p.m. Pacific. Like, okay, that kind of sucks for the West Coast, but at least it's at least it's semi reasonable. Why can't you play it at 11 a.m. Japan and 7 p.m. Pacific? I don't I don't understand. Or go the other way, play it at I mean, you probably couldn't play it at 10 p.m. there, so it would be out for us in the morning. But I just, I don't know, man. It, it, uh, 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 there are times. Play it at 11 a.m. and set 11 a.m. there, 7 p.m. here, and then do another one where you give them a day off, and then you reverse it. I, you, I got, I got one for you. Why does this have to be regular season games? Why couldn't they just be preseason games? Yeah, I mean, you could do that too. But, uh, but like to me, you can kill two. You can do the regular season games, and then. Because I like you start the season, you give them the real flavor, fine. So you're telling me the season started, obviously it did, and then they're going to come back and play more preseason games, right, before the regular season. Yeah, I mean, those guys aren't, but yeah. Well, those guys, they're still going to take some ABs. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, but it's weird. (laughs) It's weird. But but I'm okay with all of that weirdness, if that's the cost of playing in Japan. But you can make it semi-watchable for some people. To me, it's just very on brand with baseball. It's just very on brand. But the difference is like I don't like I'm not crush baseball for everything they do, guy. You know that. And this is nuts. It's insane. It's absolutely insane to give your home base the inability to consume the product is nuts. I mean, I just I, I was at a loss. I first off, I didn't really even know it was happening. I mean, I I knew they were in Japan because I saw like townies 
tweet about batting practice, which the Japanese, the way they do batting practice, is pretty incredible. They got yeah. multiple things. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot going on. Got a lot of players I, on the roster. Bigger I, I don't think I don't think we could pull that off. But it just this kind of came out of nowhere, and then there's the gap. I just just not smart. Again, I'm good with all of that weirdness. That's just odd. There's there's 30 teams play 162 games, so it's okay if some of them are weird. But why would you open it and not when there's a way to let us see it and not let us see it? Or at least let us watch this one and then play the other one at a normal time and we don't get to see the second one. But at least open the season at a time where I can catch it for a minute. I agree. I, I, I decided but highlights. Ichi, I saw, I saw nothing. Ichiro's playing. Like, I want to watch that. What team is Ichiro on? The Mariners. He, he, seriously? He, start, he <laughs> popped out and walked. I, I, did, I didn't know Ichiro was still playing. How John, old is Ichiro? Ichiro and the exhibition. Did you see that video? No. Oh, my God. So there's a runner at second base, and uh, let me see if you can find this just so you can hear this. There's a runner at second. Somebody pops one of the uh, – I, I don't he's know. Al- he's always at a cannon. Yeah, so somebody pops it up to right, and uh, Ichiro gets it and fires it in. The guy doesn't even run. The guy doesn't run. The guy's not even thinking about running. The ball's not that deep. But uh, the place goes bananas. The broadcaster goes bananas. Like, it's incredible. I'm trying to see if I can find this audio. Hold on. Yeah, I, I to me, guy, you just I understand the world is flat. So having Japan on board, having these other countries on board is important. But you can do to, both. to play to play the game. Yeah, to play the game at two in the morning. Here you go. First, it's just stupid. Come on. Oh, this doesn't have the announcer on it. Oh, well, this is lame. Yeah, fuck it. I, I, I follow you. Here we go. Here, here we go. Here, here it comes. Not, not that deep. Catch. Throw. They're pretty fired up about it. Yeah, they are. Like, well, their our, crowds our, are awesome. Our, Let me watch their crowds. Well, our, our good buddy, Brian Hawkins, who played at St. Mary's, had a buddy that he played with at St. Mary's that actually was on the Rivercats last year, played over in Japan for a little while. And they went, like, two years ago to the games. And they just said it was just the most incredible athletic experience. Like, in one inning, everyone has a balloon. And they let, It's just insane. I mean, it just... They take baseball really seriously there over there. So I do understand baseball being directly involved with that market. It makes no one's arguing that. It's just the timing. Kyle Jensen, first big league home run was off Bumgarner. As a well, he hits, he hits bombs. Yeah. All right. Uh, also, uh, uh, the good thing on the West Coast, John, is we get Mike Trout. I don't know if we'll ever see him in the playoffs, but Mike Trout is not going to be a Philadelphia Philly, which I'm fine with. You think part of him signing this deal now – was to kind of just cut that out. I I think if you're the Angels, you had that had to be part. Of, I mean, maybe it's not much of your thinking, but it had to be like, oh, we can see where this is going. You, I mean, if you're just looking around, you're like, oh, look at this thing that the Lakers and all these NBA teams deal with. Like, this is the. Are we going to be the guys that let Mike Trout? Are we going to be the Red Sox and Babe Ruth? Like, we're not going to let Mike Trout get away. We've got the greatest player maybe of all time, and we don't. And the last thing we want is to end up signing him anyway and paying him a bunch of money in two years and having to do all this crap. So let's just sign him. Yeah, I I think if I were the 
angels, that would be in my head. Like, I don't want to deal with this. I, I, I do appreciate that they operate on the level of it didn't come out about California taxes or anything. They just paid them so much goddamn money. Nothing came up. Not a fucking peep. And they, I mean, he flew by Bryce Harper's contract as he should. He's a superior player. I just wonder. So the 430 is the extension plus what he's owed the next two years, three, yeah, right? It's really, it's three. I think it's 360 of like new money. Because he's he's gonna make about 70 million the next two years. I saw a good tweet. Like I don't think anyone knows. People act like he's not underpaid right now. He makes like 34 million dollars. Well, yeah, like this was not the day if you're a. Uh, 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 Alex Adam Bregman one, to sign Adam your Wayne $100 Bregman. million dollar deal, you know? <laughs> but the thing for Alex Bregman, I know I see what you're saying. <laughs> he was only like year two, right? Uh, he's yeah, so yeah, far no, away. From six, it was like you always said about Cole Hamels. Let's put a hundred plus million in front of a guy and see him turn it down. What ha- It happened to Trout six years ago. They right. put $140 million in front of him and he signed it. So Bregman, the hundred to, that's not bad cash. Right, but you're usually... making thirty-four million this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do just wonder. So when you look at a Rod signed the deal in a two thousand one, two hundred and fifty million. Right. So we're all these years later, and a team is okay over a twelve-year span paying four hundred thirty million. If we look at it like that, not a free agent though. Not a free agent. Yeah, you're right. So the the bidding might have been higher. Right, if he was a true free agent, would he have got four eighty, five hundred? Well, maybe? like the, I think the question is, if he were a true free agent, would he get more than three sixty? Right, which is what the new money is. Well, what do you making, think he'd get? Uh, yeah, I think yes, because he's making thirty four now, so he's not going to sign a new deal that's average annual is thirty four. So it's got to be more. So you're going to get. He, 10 I, don't you think he'd easily get ten for four hundred? Yeah, that's what I'm. Saying. I don't think there's much question yeah. he'd get more if he was a free agent. I also see people and, and like, John, let me just add this real quick. Sorry. If you're him, you could have justified. I'll just wait two more years after this one. In the meantime, I'll make a hundred million dollars over three years and then I'll be a free agent. But I, well, I was, I was watching Kirchin last night on ESP on like Scott Van Pelt show. And he said, I, I think people underestimate how loyal Mike is to these guys. Like he feels the Philly thing kind of bothers him a little bit. Not because he he loves Philly, he talks about it all the time. It's his home, but the Angels mean a lot to him. They've paid him a lot. They've been good to him. He likes Artie Moreno. He loves Mike Socia, who's not managing anymore. But Stephen A. Smith didn't quite know that. <laughs> Don't stop, Stephen A. I, I I do just wonder, guy, with the way the sport's going. I don't think people realize all this money's generating from media. Media money generates it all. That's where all the big time cash comes from. In ten years, like. For the last 20 years, people have consumed it, and less and less people lately have consumed baseball. That I, I do think it's going to start coming back the other way a little bit. And this is why I think that the players, in 2020, we're going to have the number one topic for that presidential election is going to be the war on money. The, the left is going to fight against the right about just elitism and money, even though the irony is they're all just fucking nuts. But that's going to be the overwhelming topic in society. Money, money, the rich, the money, rich, the money. Baseball players are prepared to walk out, according to all these players, the Longoria, who I, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. I might boycott this year. Every time he comes up, I might change the channel. I, I despise no, I know him. you, and I know you won't do that. You will just actively root against. Yeah, well, that, that may be too. But the, Evan Longoria and Adam Wainwright, some of their comments – 
these guys are going to walk out in a time when our society and country is in this battle against wealth, and these guys are going to strike. Like, to me, guy, we saw what the strike did way back in the day when baseball was infinitely more popular. I think it could cripple the sport. I, I, I really do. If, like, players, we need more. Like, they just gave out three contracts, guy, between Machado, Harper, and, uh, and Trout. I didn't, again, did not go to Harvard. But if you do the math, it's over a billion dollars. Over a billion dollars. Adam Wainwright said, shit's got to change. This was a guy that pitched 40 innings last year and made $20 million. Like that's, no one pays attention right now. We're all crushing the NBA players about their kind of out-of-touch comments. Once this starts kind of re- – if they go on strike, those comments will resonate just with a casual sports fan that's not super locked in. That is a major turnoff, man. And I already think people are not quite as locked in as they've ever been on baseball that – if it was a stock, I would short it heavily. Heavily. I'm not saying it's going to disappear in the business. I just think that these numbers, it's not a sustainable model because well, it's all about eyeballs, guys. It's not about attendance, which I think wasn't attendance last year in baseball, an all-time low. But again, that doesn't necessarily matter. It's about eyeballs. Yeah, eyeball. Well, it might also be potentially. I think the other big income stream is legalized gambling, and that's you know. But but as someone that's gambled for ten plus years. Baseball is not a fun sport to gamble on. I, I I think that's an underrated aspect. It's just not. It's not a gambling sport, really. Now you could try to be, well, we can make it at bat. You can try, but I, I'm just telling you, it's just so random. Football, by far, it's always been that. Yeah, way. every baseball that's line is basically the same. Yeah, and, and they're five innings. You just bet on the starting pitcher once. It's just it's a weird. Right. So I, I think they, I think they I think that narrative is a little just not correct. I don't know if it's a narrative or not. No, but I do think it's it's a narrative in pro sports. The gambling, gambling is going to help. Well, yeah, it's going to certain sports, but we've always gambled on football and March Madness. Like, are we, have you ever gambled on regular season NBA? You lose your ass. But there's a lot of fantasy baseball. So I know there's an appetite for them. There is some, maybe it's not NFL's level, but I do think there's an appetite. I think there will, money will be made, not lost. More money will be made because of it. Again, I'm not disputing so, that it's gonna, they're not going to like go bankrupt. I just think that this, where they are at right now, is not a sustainable model. Well, but I also don't think that taking high-end contracts is ever really the, the measuring stick either, right? Just like Alex's wasn't, Mike's won't be. Mike's a generational talent playing for an organization that spends its money. How does um, Artie Moreno have so much money? I don't know. What, how did he make his money? I don't know, but he's rich as fuck. Uh, I will say, I almost did tweeted like an I told you so, just to the world, that Mike wasn't going to Philly, because I'd always heard that he wasn't going to Philly, from people that know him in, in L.A., but then I realized, can you really tweet an I told you so, when the guy, like, he's staying he's, out of loyalty. No, he's just signed for $400 plus million. That's why he's staying. Maybe Artie he's... Moreno is not some like Harvard grad or anything. He just went to Arizona. Hard he was worker. a v- he was yeah graduated in 1966. Drafted in the army. Fought in Vietnam. Oh, pretty. I think billboards. Do you make his money in billboards advertising? Yeah, hired to work Eller Outdoor Advertising Company. He fought. Did you say he fought in Vietnam? Did you say that? Yeah, no big deal. Fought in Vietnam. Yeah. Baller. Think about this guy. In 1996, he took Outdoor Systems Public, like the advertising company. The company stock soared, and in '98 sold the company to Infinity Broadcasting for eight billion. Eight billion in '96. Yeah. So you do the math. Yeah, that's how he's handing out candy. He's always paid. That's that's the one thing where you say, well, 
they just sign the wrong contract, but if they get smarter baseball people, they have the they spend more money than the Giants. Like they're more willing to go nuts. Um all right, speaking of stars, John, tonight picking up the paycheck. The San, I don't it's not gonna be millions, not yet at least. Um but uh what's his name tweeted that uh, the Niners are meeting with uh, having dinner tonight with uh who am I thinking of? With Nick Bosa. Who's the reporter that tweeted that? Rap sheet, but it's a pretty no, good No, it wasn't rap sheet, it was uh Mayoko? Nope. Barrows? Nope. NFL. Garofalo? Nope. Hare. Patriots. Uh, Peter Schrager? Nope. Patriots. Oh, Albert, Albert Breer? Albert Breer. Tweeted that uh, the Niners and Bosa will have dinner tonight after the pro day. Bosa standing on the results of his combine. This is a pretty important meeting, right? Because tell me this, as someone who's been in draft rooms, scouted players, do the 49ers right now already know what they think of Joey Bosa on-field football prospect are they already done with what they think of does john lynch do they all agree here's our grade on the on the player nick bosa nick bosa i've done that i say joey all the time well it happens with bosa's the cars it happens with them all do the 49ers let me clean this up do the 49ers already know what they think of nick bosa before they have dinner with him tonight as a prospect on the field i think conventional wisdom with sports fans that follow this stuff and if you're listening here, you obviously follow the draft. Think that if Bosa is there at two, the Niners will draft him. Wouldn't you say that's just kind of conventional? Oh, they got to draft. Oh, they'll take Bosa. Yeah. I think the complete opposite. Not that they won't, but it is 100% having a decent feel for the what these guys think, the way they look at stuff. It is not a lock. Now, it, they may end up taking him, but as we sit here today and as they're going to dinner with him, I do not think, like, you'll read on Twitter, oh, if Kyler goes one, Bosa, he's a lock niner. I do not believe that guy. Not only do I not believe that, I, I'd almost, like, I kind of expect them to do something different. Doesn't that feel kind of niners? Like, I, I don't think they're just, not that they're going against what everyone's thinking, but I could just see them having, now the one thing I've heard, there was a big knock on Joey and Zeke. They were nut job partiers. Now, those guys, Joey and Zeke, were elite prospects. I didn't think Joey was quite as good, but I was wrong. I mean, he's a fucking baller. It turns out, like, yeah, he should have gone three, right? Him and Zeke. I mean, they were elite players. But they had off-the-field questions. Like, legit teams were not that comfortable, but they were so goddamn good, no one even cared. This guy doesn't. I've actually heard he's people like him. Not, not that people didn't like Joey, but that he's not a – like, he's a pretty serious cat. Now, I think the question is he had a bad injury. Now, he looked pretty healthy at the combine. But I, the Niners, like, this meeting for them is kind of big. Right. I mean, I think – so two things. Remember when the Eagles were thinking about drafting a quarter or they, they traded up and they went on that – like, Jeffrey Lurie, Doug Peterson, Howie went to Jared and went to Wentz and they took him out to dinner? Yeah. And, like, there was a big takeaway. Like, the one thing they loved about Carson when they sat with them is he reminded them kind of like a Brent Selleck, like just a blue collar. Like, they loved it. And he's like, well, this guy's going to fit the city. Uh, it, there is something like John Lynch is looking for kind of a badass. So if they went the Niners, the Alabama Pro Day was yesterday. And they, I'm sure, had dinner the night before or something with Quinn Williams. They're going to like one of these guys more than the other. The person. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean the player's going to be the same. So I would say, like, one consistency when we talk about the Niners' picks, right, to your point, 
Now, Kyle's not They haven't there, done the necessarily done the traditional. A trade back for Solomon, a draft Ruben. Um, they've – the Dante Pettis, like everyone – I was thinking about this. Everyone, I, I didn't see that coming, Dante Pettis. No, I, was, I, didn't, oh. I didn't see any of those picks coming. I mean, we saw the Solomon kind of because they talked so much about it. But there, the point is there was a clear personal connection specifically with that first round with John Lynch and Ruben Foster and Solomon Thomas. So the one thing we know – I don't know how much I know how much you say the Eagles cared about this stuff when you were in the room or the people that you talked to. Everyone to some degree cares, but I think it's safe to say that these types of meetings really matter to the 49ers. I don't know how much more it matters to them than somebody else, but it really matters to John Lynch and it really matters to Kyle Shanahan what they think of the individual. So that's why I go back to my original question: Do they know what they is? Do they know right now? The football player, the tape, the combine, we like Joey Bosa more or less than Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams. Do they know that? And now what is it a No. Just, they don't. I don't believe so. Do you? I don't know. I, that's what I'm asking you. I, I, like I how, would say like no. Part of me is like, how could you not? The film's all, are you still watching but the I, film? But I, but I also think Kyle's not on this trip, at least that I saw. It's Adam and John. Yeah. They are going to have to fly all three of these guys. Now, Kyle met them at the combine, but I think you, you get 30 top visits you can go to any pro day you want, and it's kind of competitive to set up a lunch or dinner or whatever. These players would be dumb not to set up a dinner with John because they have the number two overall pick. So it's e- it's easy when you have a high draft pick to get the dinner. But you can then pick 30 players max to bring to your facility for 24 hours, basically. And you can take them to dinner, have them in the with your coaches, do whatever the hell you want. And I'd be shocked if those three players, Quinn and Williams, Josh Allen, and Bosa, definitely Bosa and Quinton Williams. I, I talking to people in the NFL, they think Josh Allen's a little more of a true three-four outside linebacker than a four-three defensive end, but still bring him in. I, I think that those guys to spend time with Kyle, you know, I mean, that's like the dinner not having Kyle there, and he trusts John and Adam, and those guys know. That's what makes John unique, even though he kind of got this job. Like he he knows what a guy talks and sounds like, right? Like that's the one thing. Now, can he evaluate or not? But he knows what a guy's wired like. He's been around, he's played with Hall of Famers. He's a borderline Hall of Famer himself. To me, I, I rely more on Adam for the evaluation. Like he's proven his time in New England and uh, and Denver. Like he knows what what an, what NFL players look like. Not that John doesn't, but I rely on John for what makes the guy tick. Well, and so even though we know we've talked about a lot that Kyle really has ultimate roster authority. John Lynch's fingerprints have been on their draft picks. Well, I don't think Kyle wants to like live and die with the personnel stuff. He would love it. I know. I'm just saying like you agree, right? Like clearly John Lynch gets to influence or even make some of these picks. I think that, I think that Kyle Shanahan people are down on John Lynch because his drafts haven't been that great. I think he really trusts John and Adam. Yeah. And feels good about like sending them to this place to do this work. If this meeting was John Lynch, Adam Peters, John Middlecoff, Nick Bosa, and Nick Bosa uh, ordered the little gem salad, would that go into your report as a main? Uh, uh, <laughs> what does he eat? Any protein? Uh, no, he he. Um, yeah, I wouldn't love it. He gets he gets a. Uh, Let's see. He gets a skirt steak. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> okay. Because I'm not a big red meat guy. 
Uh, okay, salmon. You'd respect a salmon. I know that. Well, because it, what if he? That what if he just said like, "I'm trying." Yeah, I'm trying to be healthy. You know, that I, would I, be the move. Is all, all three of you order like burgers, fries, and see if he like is susceptible to the uh, to the peer pressure. You know what the ultimate con move used to be in Philly, and I mean Howie's turn was just that's gone. <laughs> is when a dude shows up to your top thirty visit because again you're just with coaches, everyone's pretty relaxed. You can wear sweats. You can wear just jeans and a T-shirt. You don't need a, your school's hoodie. It does not matter. When a dude shows up wearing a three-piece suit, ultimate con move. Like you don't need to do that. And your agent should tell you just go, just go casual because all the everyone's casual. To me, you wear a three-piece suit. You usually have red flags in your background. It, it's the ultimate con move. Now, some guys can overcome it. Like it's just they're told to do that. They're not. It's not necessarily their fault. Their agent tells them, but their agent should always tell them. Just go casual, because you're just gonna you're gonna go to dinner wherever you're the fucking 49ers or the Patriots. Even if you're walking in the nicest restaurant in town, doesn't no one gives a shit what you're wearing, because you are that guy, right? Yeah, I like this. That. This this suit is a dead giveaway that the guy is trying to overcompensate for previous arrests, suspensions, whatever. Just trying too hard to act like an adult. When- yeah, just show up with your backpack, your jeans, and your school's hoodie. That's fine. You look normal that way. Uh, speaking of no, you're talking about knowing guys, knowing how guys tick. How about the Raiders, Middlecoff? Paul Gunther, Vontez Perfect, knowing how guys tick. A B and Vontez, no issue here, says Vontez. Uh, no problem. AB called him. Don't worry about us. Well, A B's dude. A B's a unifier. No, he is. Maybe he's getting, how, about, we'll get, how about this video guy? He's incredible. His video guy? Like the guy he has cutting up his videos that he tweets out. So let me ask you this. Do you ever, do you get, I, I, I get a lot of, I'm going to give a little insight into my uh, my Instagram uh, tendencies. I get a lot of A-Rod and J-Lo vid, uh, uh, posts. Do you, I don't know, do you see a lot of A-Rod and J-Lo on your Instagram? Well, yeah, I mean, A-Rod just posts a lot. Right, but what I'm saying is I get a lot of, like, like what appear to be fan accounts, right? It'll be like a rod J lo forever is like the name of the account, but they're personal photos. They're not photos that like a rod or J lo have posted. And so my guess is that are, there are multiple account like fan accounts that are actually run by their internal marketing to make it seem like there's a bunch of other people just running fan accounts on them. I would probably agree with you. They got some shit like that going down. And then, like, because I was like, because it made me think of it is when when uh, Antonio and um, when Antonio was running through the bounce house at Bulldog Stadium with Darren Carr, you could see like I saw a hand pop in, and it was like a pro level camera with like a mic on it. Yeah. And so well, because the point, video that Darren tweeted out was just like someone holding his phone. Yeah. The guy next to him was Antonio's video guy that I think he just has a videographer. Follows him around everything he does. He's I, I've been loving AB's videos. Yeah, they're good. They, they make you smile. They are, they are very happy videos. He it cannot be disputed for as ugly as shit got. His Instagram portrays a completely different human being, like someone pretty likable that you would want on your team, right? Yeah. That if you were a fan of of the team that AB was on, you would really like him. Now again, that's not what's been portrayed over his time. But that is kind of what's going on. Now, he also had the famous – that – was Pena Dry – was that Miami, Cincinnati? Or was that Pittsburgh, Cincinnati? Oh, uh, it was 
for Cincinnati because the guy just was in Miami. Yeah, I'll put Miami, paint, paint, you on, paint you on sight, boy. Like those games, I think two years ago was the tipping point, right? Where it felt, even in this day and age where the game's been cleaned up, a little too violent. Like I remember watching the Monday Night Football game. Now, granted, that was the game where Shazier broke his neck. Where it felt borderline uncomfortable. Yeah. Like someone was going to get hurt. And what, the famous hit in that game was Vontez hitting AB's head. Now, AB popped up. There was also a, a hit in that game, if I remember correctly, where Ioka, who was visiting the Raiders today, fucked up Antonio in the end zone. But Antonio didn't, caught it. Didn't Juju have another big hit in that game? Oh, my. Juju d- killed Vontez. That's right. He, he crack-backed him on like a Le'Veon run or a quick screen. I mean, just killed him. Vontez like, had been suspended three games two years ago for a hit on Antonio. Yeah. Knocked I, Antonio out of the playoffs. You're right. Hurt his knee or something, didn't he? Got a concussion. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. I mean, it was just they had wars. Like, it was – it went from the Raven Sealers being that game to this game. Well, all you need to know about how legit that was was that a dude um, – that the po- a, a game in which a guy got carted off, Antonio was yelling karma. During the remember when Juju was doing an interview in the locker room after you're saying hit, the game that Vontez got carded off. Wait a the second, ju- the game that Juju hit Vontez. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I think he. I think he Vontez knocked got out, carted he off. Got That's yeah. right. Stood over him. Juju got yeah. suspended, but AB was yelling while Juju was getting interviewed. Karma. Post. You're saying you're saying Juju got suspended in that game for looking over the body. Yes. I don't know if it was for the look. It might have just been for the hit that he got. But hey he guys. taunted. But then post-game, Juju was doing an interview, and A.B. was in the background yelling, Karma! Yeah, I mean, the games... Which I understand. Like, again, they they felt violent watching them, borderline uncomfortable. And then when people are tweeting about, like, I will sh- kill you, like it, it, it had gotten pretty personal, right? I, I, th- I would imagine the NFL intervened, and there were some things said to both teams. I someone tweeted at me yesterday, like, "Are you? Do you think that Vontez and AB are going to have issues in practice?" Well, I said, "If Vontez touches AB in a practice, he will meet the waiver wire so fucking fast your head will spin." They they just paid Antonio Brown's the best player on the team now. He won't be touched. Now again, they were tweeting at each other. AB tweeted yesterday, like, "I just got off the phone with at Tez fifty five or whatever. We're cool. Can't wait." It's on, or you know, some bullshit like that. Bully ball sounds cool now, but you know, Montez has been what'd you say, one of the more polarizing defenders the last five or six years? Just yeah. dirty shit. Yeah, he's he's been suspended multiple times for late hits, dirty hits. Now again, I as I tweeted last night, like, was this guy born to be a Raider? Yeah, I mean, there was a. Uh... Somebody would, wrote in, in one would of the you Pittsburgh me, would papers. You, would, you, would you mess with this guy? No, because, uh, John, how good of a player is he? Well, he played seven games last year. Now he's suspended and hurt. Well, I mean, look. Uh, one but of the there, Pitt- is a, there is a huge connection here. One of the Pittsburgh reporters wrote a story that, I guess, during one of the Monday Night Games a few years ago, Gruden said he would pay money to watch Vontez Perfect play football. Um, so it's probably not just a Paul Gunther thing. Uh, but I think the element is not— It was, it was his second—Vontez's— I, I read a story yesterday, or just saw a headline. The the moment he got cut, he said, "I called my mom to let her know 
My second call was Paul Gunther. He said he didn't pick up, and I called him seven straight times, so he picked up. That's his guy. Yeah, that was his lifeline, man, not just his guy. Because Vontez was a five-star recruit, ends up at ASU, has a crazy story, then doesn't go undrafted. Then he well, has a really good NFL career. I think part of this, John, is not will Vontez Burfitt and Antonio Brown throw hands in practice. Like, that's not even what this is about, right? It's just here's another player that you're adding that – it's just it can be complicated with to, to put it nicely, right? Like it's not right. That's kind of what you're thinking. Do you, do you it's think not, they're me- do you think they're messing with fire right now? Yeah, that's what. Right. Like it's just it's it's just how much can you rely on this guy? Yeah, or how much can you control him? Now I think Gruden would say, well, I've got I've got his like best friend, best coach, you know, that can handle him. That's where I think they would feel comfortable about it. Is I got Paul Gunther, he can handle him. Part of when you hire these coaches, because to me, the fit makes sense. They need a linebacker, and this guy signs off on him. And he's his coach. Like, Paul Gunther's a defensive coordinator, and linebacker is kind of his baby. So, Vontez is his guy. So, I, I don't think it's that nuts from a just a transactional standpoint, just acquire him, because it fits the need. He's a little nuts. He feels like a Raider. They, I got news for you. They, When's the last time, I mean, beside Khalil, they had a guy that was like, you know what, that guy is a little fucking on edge. <laughs> like, I, that guy might break you in half, do something. Like, I, I don't mind having those guys on defense. Now, this guy kind of crosses the line, slash, gets in trouble and gets suspended. Gets So, my ultimate feeling on this whole Raiders, the fake rebuild, because there was never a rebuild. Now they're trying to win next year is that when you bring in all these guys that aren't just like, oh, he's kind of a personality. No, you're bringing in, I mean, when you say Vontez Burfitt and Antonio Brown are now in your locker room, I mean, those are two of the bigger personality polarizing figures in the league. Can you handle it, John? Because you proved back in the day when you were at Tampa, like the big personalities and you didn't really mesh. And I wouldn't say last year showed us much that things have changed, have they? Well, and the other question is, and maybe this isn't fair. Maybe he really he got wanted mad Vontez when Khalil Burfick. wouldn't call him back. Maybe he really wanted Vontez Perfect, but you know, there's an element here that part of my question is what What did it take for Vontez to get onto the team? Was it Paul Gunther saying John Vontez is available, and John saying I love him, let's do it, or was it ah, I don't know, Paul? No, John, I'm telling you, he's going to be good because if if it's any level of that, does that strain something between John and Paul? Does John blame Paul if it goes side? You know. There's just all these other layers potentially to it too, um, depending on how the yeah, deal came I, together. I, I don't think Gruden gives literally one shit about personalities and stuff. Like he he he's the Al, he's got Al David. Like he he's never turned off by crazy. Now he is once he's coaching you, but just once he signs you, acquires you, yeah, that yeah, doesn't. Bother but my him. question is just was he was he all in from the beginning, or did he have to be convinced? Well, they brought him out on a visit, so they sat down with him. Maybe he did. You maybe he brought him out. They talk with him. Like they didn't just sign him, yeah. like Tyrell Williams or whatever. They brought him to Oakland. They spent the day with him, and then by dinner time they had him signed. So that shows you some people needed to talk to him, right? Because there's a difference when just signing the guy. Like Randall Cobb signs with the Cowboys. You don't need to meet the Cowboys or whatever. He's fine. You just if you want him, you sign him. Now again, as the days go on, the numbers change. When you bring a guy on a visit, to me that's a pretty that just the sign is you needed to talk with him. If then you end up signing him, like you wanted to sit down, and it makes sense because if you're Gruden, 
wouldn't you not be doing your job if you didn't bring this guy to you? Like, you should want to talk to him. Right. Just get a couple things figured out. Bring Paul in the room. Let's just sit down. Let's just have – call in some uh, some Subway Sandos and just have a little convo. Because to me, that's – wouldn't you imagine that the three of them spend some time together just in a room, just talking about whatever? Because they, they you, knew, like, they had the money to sign. The signing him was not going to be difficult. You think Mayock, you don't think Mayock was in the room, or was he at a pro day? Well, he's at, he was at uh, – Alabama. FaceTime? And that, that is where... Why didn't he throw an Alabama sweatshirt on? That's a good question. Do you think any other coaches were like, uh, hey, man, can, can we get a... Like, nah, just Bill. <laughs> yeah, like uh, John Lynch is like, hey, man, can I, can I get a polo or something? It is pretty powerful move, giving the hoodie a polo or yeah. a polo. Like, what's his name? The, uh, the head coach of the Giants. You think he asked for one? Did you did you turn on NFL Network at all yesterday and no. just see? I mean, just the Zoom? amount of people there. Oh my god! Just every drill. Once the was it inside? Know, yeah, it was in their practice bubble. Uh, like every drill run by a high level coach. Like I mean, every position coach there for all their main positions. So like Deuce Daly, and then like the D line coach from Pittsburgh. And then obviously in the background is just Mayox, the Colberts, the Giants, the the Lynches. I mean, I think they said there were 11 GMs there, wow. uh, seven head coaches. Bill always goes to that one, but it's pretty powerful. Like, Bill's always coming to your pro day. To me, that's kind of saying something. It's not just to see Nick. You can see Nick whenever he wants. And then there was they got on film of Nick. Whenever you see a defensive coach close his fists, and go high low. They're talking safety play. Both, both hands. Both yeah. Do the put the both hands. And uh, Nick was doing a couple of that. Like Nick was asking all the questions, and Bill was just shaking his hands. And then Nick did this one thing with his finger, like showing a motion guy. And, and Bill's, you could see Bill had the pencil in his ear, was shaking his head. <laughs> was the uh, was the Steelers GM there? It's a good question. I I don't know. I didn't see him. I mean, I would think Roethlisberger stands out though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good good point. Ben wasn't there? Hard, uh, hard to miss. Looking for no. – Ben Ben would love an old Alabama quarterback to be his backup, a guy that he knows cannot ever beat him out. Like old school Alabama QBs, you know. Like Greg McElroy? Yeah, like John – like Parker David, John Parker David Wilson. Yeah, uh, Brody Croyle. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a little uneasy if you're like a third rounder that put up big stats. Yeah. And it's big, it's physically large like him. Do you think any player's reputation now is I I know where you're going. Don't don't you keep going. Has been ruined more than Roethlisberger's over the last like month. So I don't know about ruin like just But he did I mean the guy's had a rape allegation, I wouldn't say yeah, he has like but a you're in the last in the last month, I mean like who's had a worse month? Antonio Brown or Ben Roethlisberger based on Roethlisberger perception. By a, Roethlisberger by a mile. Like Antonio, I think, is just on more people's radar. I think more people casually are aware of that story. But, like, if you really follow stuff and, you know, if you listen to this podcast for a while, we've been talking about Ben for a long time. Now, are we buying everything Le'Veon Bell told Jenny Vrentis? He's like, you know, like, Ben wasn't throwing to A.B. He said, if I'm mad at a player and I'm not throwing the ball, I'm not throwing to A.B., I'm giving Juju all the shine or Jesse or Vance or whoever it is. And you know you're consciously making another receiver mad, but you don't care. It's hard to win that way. It's tough to back it up. You go check the numbers. Like, it's the third most targets Antonio's ever had. But all it takes, like, 
all it takes, like Ben's little intentional fumble <laughs> that no one noticed, just because he had the third most targets doesn't mean that he never chose to throw the ball somewhere else because all it takes is you do that once John now I know you're the guy who doesn't do what's best for the team because of a personal issue so just because we can check the box score and see that Antonio had the third most targets of his career doesn't mean Ben didn't do it one time and if Ben did it one time then that's not being a team player and I know Le'Veon is maybe you know Le'Veon's not the guy that everyone's like taking his word as gold but do you believe it or do you not believe it that's a simple question I believe it, and I also believe that Le'Veon, if you think about the last 10 years, when when or let's say 12, when Roethlisberger really kind of took off since like that 08 Super Bowl against the Cardinals, I know he won it as a rookie, but he was just kind of a manager. So like 08 till now. These are two by far the best offensive players he's played with. Like that were, didn't become stars after or transition to a star, like were all pro level, the best at their position in the league. And you could argue better than Ben. Like, they at their position are better than Ben at their position, right? And both guys kind of called the bullshit on him. And I just wonder, and again, I Antonio and Le'Veon, to me, are somewhat getting a pass now. Like, they're nuts. Like, Antonio just constantly wants more money, more money, more money, which I don't totally blame him for. But it's like Antonio, you've been making the you've been the premium paid player now for like seven years. Le'Veon, a little different, but it's like, hey, Le'Veon, they offered you a long term contract. You'd also been suspended twice, bro, twice suspended. I, I'm a pro ease.com promo code ham, and I hope you used it. But you did get caught where it is illegal in your state, hot boxing with Legarrette on the way to the team plane and got a DUI. The plane then left without you two guys. Well, I think. LeGarrette wasn't driving, so like he got it, he made it. But Le'Veon, you did not get on that. Like that happened. So you are not some innocent bystander. And one of his bitching and moaning parts was, you know, they gives in in the interview, like they, they get mad at you playing video games. Like, do they really, Le'Veon? Or are you just saying that? Like, yeah, they want you to take football seriously. They're paying you twelve million dollars and they offered you fourteen and a half million dollars. But I do get that these guys both look at Big Ben like this guy's kind of a fraud. And they, they were good enough where, you know, if Vance McDonald or some guy like that would have that take. Because most of Ben's run, the best players have been like Troy Polamalu, have been defensive guys, right? Well, now they're offensive guys that are probably individually better than him that are also kind of opinionated. Well, I, I do I, think they have some merit, but I also think that both of them would have much more you know, substance to it if they acted like Larry Fitzgerald. You'd be like, God, Larry Fitzgerald's crushing this guy? This guy must be a slapdick. Of the three of them, none of them are innocent, right? Like, we're, no. we're loving Antonio, and it's entertaining. But the guy did miss, like, just disappeared three times last year going back to training camp. Okay? Like, when he didn't show up week 17 for practice, Lock and Four tweeted, it was the third time this season he's gone AWOL. Well, that Steelers fans tweet me a lot, like, for the hype on how hard he works at practice, just know this. Over the last like, five years. Who works hard in practice? How hard is anyone really working in NFL practice these yeah, days? Yeah, but I think he he's a, the hardest work. I, okay, I'll give him that. But there have been countless times, not just last year, over his tenure, where he does not show, guy. He does not. Att- work starts. Everyone's there. Like, whatever you do. Like, if you do not attend work. And it, it's one thing to like, hey, man, I got 
meningitis. I mean, that's pretty serious. I got bronchi. I got, I'm sick. Okay. You don't, you go, you do go silent and you don't show up. That's a problem. It, it really is. Like, should we go back and give Tomlin a retroactive coach of the year award for one of these years where the whole thing didn't blow up on him and they made the playoffs? I think Tomlin has been consistently crushed. Like, hey, can't handle it. Who could, guy? Who could handle these guys? Has it been underrated how impossible and hard it is to handle Roethlisberger now? Yeah. That's like, what a pain in the ass. And Todd, he had Todd agent. Haley. He, like, he had an OC and a quarterback that hated each other. And he's a defensive – he's not an offensive guy. That are both big opinion ego guys, right? Like, Haley is yeah. – that could not have been an easy relationship. Uh, this guy, he doesn't have one Coach of the Year award. We got to give Mike – Mike Tomlin's got to get a Coach of the Year do, award. Do you have Mike Tomlin's career record in front of you? No, but I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, he, he dealt with Todd Haley and Bert Roethlisberger for five years with Le'Veon and Antonio. That's that's an underrated five year stretch. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were One, damn yeah, good. Okay. One twenty five and sixty six. Probably five uh, divisions. Eight and seven in the uh playoffs. Two, two Super Bowl appearances and a championship, obviously. Been been a while, but Yeah, how many divisions he's won? No. But he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's coached twelve years, John. He's won double digit ten or more games eight times. And He's never finished under 500. Never finished under 500. Has he ever finished 8-8? Eight and eight? Twice. 12 and 13. So he's been to two Super Bowls. 1-1. One, one. Uh, in a division that over his tenure, the Bengals had like a five-year stretch where they were damn good. The Ravens are consistently good. I mean, one year they won the Super Bowl. So he's won the, he's won the North guy 1-2-3 four, five, six times, six division championships. That means you got six home games. So you, why do the Steelers like him so much? Well, one, he wins. Two, he hosts playoff games. Now, one, two, three, four, five. In five of the six, he's lost the home playoff game. Uh, No, actually, no, excuse me. Okay, but now we're talking, I mean, now, yeah, what now are we we're digging into, into. But I think, I think he's almost underrated at this point. Like it went from yeah he's flawed, but are his flaws still ninety five percent better than every coach beside like Belichick? If you had to say who's the better coach, because his resume is different because he's won a Super Bowl, Andy or Tomlin, who would you put if you had to let's rank top five top three coaches right now? Because the number one's the easiest one going. But like who's two and three? Would you put Pete Carroll above Mike Tomlin? Uh, I mean, I would put a, uh, I, I mean, he's one. I get it, but if I right now, I just I know what Andy Reid brings me. Like I know his thing is offense, and that matters. So I would take him. If you like, if you had a, a coaching like all GMs got a coaching draft. I mean, it'd be hard because like whoever the number one wouldn't necessarily want to work with Bill, but you wouldn't have a choice. You'd have to draft Bill. Who would go to? Would it be Andy? Uh, yeah. Again, not I, McVay, yeah, but but Andy's pretty easy to work with too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a really good chance Andy would go too. Would Tom, would Tomlin go in the top five? I don't know. I don't know what they think of him. All I know is, you know what I mean? Because I don't. What's feels like it'd be you'd be hard pressed right now to draft a guy who doesn't like. What is he doing on the football field? I mean, fucking looking sweet. I don't know either. All I know is he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. I know that. 
I'm just would saying. You put a, would you say the coolest, coolest coach ever? Like just a dude that could just. This is a smooth cat. Yeah, he'd like, be hard Porcell's to talk. Is, and some of these guys, they they're big personalities or whatever. But like they're not like smooth with chicks and like in a room, just the coolest guy in the room. I just think they're cool because they're powerful. But I, I just feel like Tomlin's just cool. But he also there's substance behind him. Like his shit works. Maybe he's better with a crazier team. Maybe that's just it. He's perfect for a nuttier team. Seriously. Did you get like, like the benefit like, of you, having him? Doesn't if everybody is in line, it doesn't serve well, like, you. If I told you that Mike Tomlin had been fired last year and was now the head coach of the Browns with this roster, you'd be like, "Damn, I, the Browns are gonna be good, right?" Yeah, he was. He's made to coach that roster. Raiders. Tomlin and the Raiders. Yeah. Wouldn't you say he would have been the sweetest Raider? Like he's a. There's more substance to him, I think, than Gruden. Clearly, I mean, just check the resumes. Does Gruden, does Gruden kind of need to win this year now? Like, has he put some pressure on himself, not to get fired or anything, but just from fans? Like, if he were to go 5-11 and 11 with this roster, the, a lot of people just think he's overrated. But would there be, like, I validity think it would, behind it? it? it, would, it yeah, it would increase. The criticism would greatly increase from Raiders fans. Let's just assume he doesn't trade any of the picks. So he drafts, he uses three first-rounders and pick 35. And, you know, it looks good on paper, right? Like, Rashawn Gary or Sweat. Keem Butler and, you know, whoever. Just Murphy. Like three real – you're like, damn. I got – and the 35 is a good player too. Nikhil Harry or something. Wouldn't you say like 8-8 eight and eight would almost feel like a letdown? Because their team on paper would look like they got all this young talent. They now got Antonio. They got a good offensive line. They got Derek coming back. There's going to there's be – because it's going to be hard well, unless they – was last year. Yeah, but once he traded Mac, I think we all – like the season's over. Now, it's going to be hard for there not to be a decent amount of hype because on paper, guy, they're going to have a lot of names. Best receiver also, in football. Also, now, now, now one, of those, one of the Khalil picks is going to be on the football field. Yeah, so like, okay, use pick 20, use to get Hakeem Butler. Is this guy number one wide receiver? Can he catch 50 balls playing with Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown? Can Derek play well? Can you coach with the quarterback? I, I think it's going to be hard. It's going to be impossible. I'll say this. It sucked last year doing what we do. I mean, it's not digging ditches, but having to watch the Niners and Raiders by about mid-October, it was terrible. Yeah. And it, if you're listening to this, you know, too. I was, didn't think we'd hard. ever make it to mid-March, John, late March. It, it, it was hard to watch those two teams. You give me Jimmy back and just give me this Raiders roster, they are much more watchable now. No doubt. Would you agree there? Yeah. Like, the Raiders are pretty watchable right now, again. Yeah. And I didn't, they, they, were, they were a tough watch It would have been year. nice to get Odell, but... And yeah, you know, selfishly I wanted him. Yeah. But you give me Antonio and Vontez and some sweet rookies, uh, I'm in. All right, a healthy Quan Alexander. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> D Ford. All right. So uh, you you headed to Salt Lake today? Yes, sir. You 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 ready to go? Uh, I'm cramming. The cram continues, and then I'll talk to you on Friday. Give me a stat right now that I didn't know. Um, give me something about Syracuse. God, John, I okay. I'll give you something about Syracuse. Let me see. What's my best Syracuse nugget right now? Mm, let me let me let me see here. You know how old Jim Beheim was when he had Buddy? Well, Jim's in his forty third year well, as the head coach. 
So, Buddy, yeah, I mean. Buddy's, buddy's 20, so you do the math. Buddy's a freshman. <laughs> so, okay, Buddy's 18. So, he's 74. What was Jim? 55 when he was getting it in? Is, is, buddy def- is Buddy his youngest? I don't know. Buddy's good. Is he a starter? Uh, well, he started the other day, yeah. They've had a they few are. injuries. People, I mean, guy. Tyus Batters Syrac- back. Syracuse bat. That's a serious deal. I mean, you you're calling Syracuse, Kansas. These people give a shit. Here's one for you. Here's a little. This is a little Syracuse. It's not really a Syracuse nug, but you know there are 22 Canadian. Well, there's 21. One guy's dual citizen, but 21 Canadian-born players in the NCAA tournament. Well, I, I know it's been growing with the NBA. All the a lot of top guys, right? Yeah. So what's your point? Like, is there there's some? No, there's no point. It's a little nug. You want to but nug? I, it's but grown. I don't know what it was. Are they on any of the teams you're calling? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah, there's O'Shea O'Shea Brissett from uh, Syracuse is from Ontario. Why do you think that is? Steve Nash. You just think the game's expanding up there? Yeah, they're balling. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, Wiggins. Carl is Carl Anthony Towns Canadian? No. I don't know why I thought that. Wiggins definitely is. Simmons? He's Australian. Yeah, you're Anthony Bennett. Remember the guy? Jeffy yeah. guy? Because actually I saw some highlights in some league doing pretty well. I remember the, people realized after he got cut from Cleveland, they're like, yeah, it's probably a red flag when he said he used to eat two pizzas a day. I was like, yeah, probably not ideal. I mean, I can't blame him. 6'8", I mean, metabolism, you see it? It just sucks when you're that tall and your metabolism slows down faster than like your contemporaries wouldn't that are know. also that tall. I mean, I wouldn't know about the tall, the the uh, metabolism. I know. Yeah, I just mean like if you were a really good athlete and you were super tall in the NBA and you're just like, God, all these guys are eating whatever they want. I can too, but my metabolism's not as fast as them. But I'm just as tall and skinny at the time. It would piss me off. Well, enjoy, it, guy. All right, back at God you. Speak. Good luck in your. Uh... I'll let you I'll know about. I'll, I'll let you know about my grand. Well, I'm 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 loading it here in this afternoon. Okay. So whether it's yours or not, we'll <laughs> see if we win. Oh yeah, we'll talk. We'll touch base on that later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy. The tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.